Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. In your Bibles tonight, turn to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 20. Now, we'll get over to the scripture here in just a moment. I was reminded of some things today that because we are teaching on man's spirit, soul, and body, and now we're talking about our spirit, our spirit man. Leah and I had uh, usually Wednesdays in the afternoon, we kind of, Leah a cook early and we'll kind of lay around and nap and rest before the service. And sometimes if there's a good movie on, on we'll, we'll watch it. And we, there was a movie on, it was a docudrama, and I wouldn't say it was a good movie, it's a pretty tough movie. But it was about, has anybody ever heard of Bloody Sunday and know what Bloody Sunday is? It happened in uh, Londonderry, uh, Northern Ireland in 1972, and I'm very familiar with the effects of it because the effects of all that was still going on for years and years, and especially when I was uh, ministering in Ireland, there was a tremendous amount of IRA activity. Uh, we could tell you all kinds of stories. We just don't because we don't want to sensationalize all the negative things that were going on, but it was a tremendously dangerous time to be either in Northern Ireland or on that border between North and South Ireland. Now, one of the things that I picked up on as soon as we got into Ireland, I flew into Ireland on December the 12th, 1988, the first time I'd ever been in Ireland. I flew in with uh, Pastor Walter Hallam from Abundant Life Christian Center. He and I flew in together. He had never been there. I'd never been there. A missionary met us there. And one of the things that I can, can say is in walking on to the, to the, to the uh, airport, walking out of the plane and onto the uh, uh, the tarmac of the airport and proceeding into the, into the terminal, immediately, immediately, I was extremely aware of enormous spiritual oppression. Now, it was just a year or so later when Lee and I were in China, in, in uh, what was the name of that city we were in? Shenzhen, China. Uh, and uh, uh, we crossed the border from Hong Kong into China by train and proceeded by train, oh, maybe two hours, I think it was, uh, into the interior of China and walked into probably one of the most exquisite, beautiful hotels we'd ever walked into. Right in the entrance was a jade carving that probably weighed over a ton and was probably worth a hundred million dollars. Uh, the, the, the rooms at the hotel, even in 1989, should have been, you know, probably 700 to a thousand dollars. They were $25 a night. They were, you know, the, the communist government was trying to prove to everybody we can do it better than the Americans or anybody else, charge less money. But immediately, Lee and I, upon settling into the room after all the excitement of the travel, were extremely, extremely aware of the spiritual oppression that was in communist China. We've been to other places throughout the years. Uh, Brother Allen, myself, uh, 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 began to minister in Nicaragua right after the war ended. Tremendous spiritual oppression just through the teaching of the preaching of the gospel. I'm telling you, when we began to teach and preach in Ireland, it was amazing the transformation that took place just in the atmosphere, just in the atmosphere of the nation. Now, the reason I want to say this is everything that's going on on the earth right now is spiritually connected. Now, before you start thinking, well, yeah, boy, really, let me, just, let me just throw this out to you. It never has not been. Now, let me say that again. It never has not been. Since the day man fell in the garden, the oppression of the adversary has been upon this earth. Everything is, listen, everything is tied together. Everything is working for one purpose. Everything is unique in its origin. It is demonic. It is satanic. It is spiritual. Amen. The devil is still exercising his power as the God of this world, even though he's not the God of this world anymore. He has been, been dethroned by Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. But knowing that or understanding that, the only illustration I could come up with is our interaction with the spirit realm, especially communication, would be like you standing on the side of a swimming pool and trying to talk to somebody sitting down on the bottom. You ever tried to do that? Have you ever gone down to the bottom of the pool and tried to talk to somebody up on the... Now you may hear something. There may be a sound that gets to you. But because of the difference in the two realms, there's a distortion. Now let me say the same thing is true 
in the spirit realm today because of the difference in the two realms. You say, what two realms are you talking about? The soulish realm, where mankind exists and is dominated by the spirit realm, especially by the devil, the god of this world, who tries to continue to exercise that authority illegally. Understand that. Everything he does is not legal. It is illegal. Has been ever since the day Jesus rose from the dead. Everything he tries to put on humanity is an illegal act. If you're suffering with sickness or disease, if you've got poverty or lack in your life, if you're being oppressed in your mind, it may be a reality in your life, but it is not a legal spiritual thing that should be happening to you. It is illegal. It is illegal for you to be six according, you say, according to what law? According to the law of the spirit of life in Christ, which makes you free from the law of sin and death. It is illegal for you to be sick. It is illegal for you to be oppressed. It is illegal for you to be broke. It is illegal, but someone's going to have to spiritually exercise the law of the spirit of life in Christ in order to break that criminal spirit off of you and get that out of your life. That's why we teach the word of God the way we do. We're a tremendous threat. Uh, one of the, I saw something, what's today, Wednesday? I think it was Monday. They're, they're, they're beginning to classify all these things as, what is the word they use? Uh, not irrelevant, it's uh, uh, non-essential. You, you heard that term lately, things that are just non Do you know what sits at the top of the non-essential list? Does anybody know? Church. The most non-essential thing in the world, they're, they're, they're classifying this. Why? Because it's a, it is a system of Satan that is satanic and the greatest threat to the satanic system is the church. So it's going to be classified as what? The most non-essential because it's the biggest threat. So you must realize your desire and willingness to develop yourself spiritually, to grow spiritually and become more and more acquainted with the spirit realm literally is your, quote, salvation upon this earth. Not your eternal salvation that gets you to heaven. But remember what Peter said there on the day of Pentecost. He said, save yourself from this wicked and untoward generation. You've got to do something to save yourself. That means in your, in your existence down on the earth where all of this spiritual oppression is. And I'm going to tell you something. Here in the United States, that spiritual oppression has increased a hundredfold in about the past two or three years. There's more lies being told. There's more deception. There's more perversion. It's one of the craziest. I mean, even if you think back even a year, a year and a half ago, to even think about what's going on right now, it's just absolutely crazy. You say, now, why are things happening like that? It's because we are racing very quickly toward the end of an age. And we've put the God of this world who has fallen and defeated, we have put him on a time clock and it is ticking down, ticking down, ticking down. And the event of the rapture of the church will give him seven years. Let me ask you what seven years is to somebody who has existed throughout eternity. Amen. So he's panicking. He's doing everything he can do to release everything he can release to bring opposition. Uh, think about your own life, how you've had, what you've gone through in the past 12 to 14 months, how you fought the devil and your health and your finances, your family. It's just like things rise up and, and everything that is a weakness in your life has just been exacerbated. And you've had to really stand on the Word of God and run off fear and run off disease and, and run off all this kind of stuff, run off offense, run off all everything that has to do with an apostate spirit because the apostate spirit is the adversary going into the church and pulling people out who will not deal with weakness. Who will, not who will not trust God and live in the spirit realm. Amen? Now, we looked at how we were created in the likeness and image of God. Genesis chapter, uh, chapter uh, 2. And then God formed our, our flesh, the human, human uh, family flesh, out of the dust of the earth, out of the dirt of the ground, breathed into our nostrils, and man became a living, a living soul, a mind and emotions and a will. Man was, was, uh, was created with a choice. All spirit beings carry choice in them. We talked about the spirit realm divided into three different categories. That which is divine, that which is human, and that which is demonic. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, there is that which is divine, which includes God, the angelic realm, and literally the human family. There's that which is demonic. That which is de demonic is classified as fallen. Everybody say fallen. fallen. Thank God you're not fallen anymore. 
when he rose from the dead and you accepted him rising from the dead on your behalf, you were no longer fallen. Now you're risen with him and seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, a lot of times people study the Bible and they say, well, all those words don't really make any difference. You know, I really need to get my light bill paid. But in reality, all those words make all the difference in realizing what is legally yours in Christ Jesus. So as God speaks from that spirit realm and he's up here and you're down in the pool, eventually you begin to hear a clarion word from that other side in which you realize and recognize this is feeding my faith. This is feeding my spirit, man. This is causing me to grow and strengthen in the midst of the greatest turmoil that's ever been upon this earth. Now remember what we said, and not to get off the subject, but this will help us as we transition through this tonight. Remember what we said, there, this is not in the world right now. What's going on is a takeover. Did you under, do you understand that? The world is being taken over by a system that is not of God. Now, I could go through all the things that are unique to that, uh, the destruction of borders, uh, the lumping of all people into, into one big category, uh, classifying some as essential, some as not. All of that is this demonic world system coming online. Then you go study what's going on in the Middle East. Literally this week, the last thing to happen before the Ezekiel 38 war happened. You say, what is that? Turkey and Iran begin to negotiate to come into an agreement together. That's it. When they do that, that's it. You say, what do you mean? They will come into agreement together, Turkey bringing its, time, uh, 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 its ability to muster a large army, Iran bringing its nuclear ability together. And what is their target? Does anybody know what their target is? It is Jerusalem. Amen? And they have, they have not been hiding it. They have not been, you know, trying to do it covertly. They are openly declaring, we will take it. We will destroy, the, we will destroy Israel and the Jewish. Why is the Jewish people such a threat to the world system? It is because through them came Messiah. And Messiah defeated that system. And now we're raised up in the steed of Messiah to exercise that authority spiritually upon the earth. That's why you've got to grow. You've got to grow. I'm so alarmed. And I listen, I've preached to crowds, large crowds, small crowds don't mean anything to me. But when I see people so apathetic and complacent, they're living the same way they did three years ago, five years ago, ten years ago. Church really don't matter that much. Prayer don't matter that much. You are literally playing Russian roulette with five bullets in the gun. Do you realize that? Because people do not realize if you lose your salvation, you lose it all. You lose it all. You say, well, I don't think there's any threat. I think once saved, always saved. You need to read your Bible. You need to read your Bible. When that trump sounds in the east and that shout of the archangel takes place, your feet better leave the ground. And just because you wear a cross around your neck does not mean your feet's going to leave the ground. Remember we taught on the rapture a while back on what the, 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 the rapture is not a, a right of Christianity. It is a reward of those who are faithful in the last days. God gets us out of here. Amen. That's why he calls us ambassadors. You say, why? Because anytime one nation moves against another, the first thing it does is take all its ambassadors out. You want to live as an ambassador for Christ. Amen. So we saw we were made in the likeness of the image of God. We were made spirit first. Then God formed flesh, then he made us a living soul. Then that spirit part of man did what? It fell. It became separated from God. That is spiritual death. And we've said this over and over, but it bears repeating. Death, when it comes to the human experience, does not mean the cessation of life. It means separation. Three types of death. Everybody say three types. The first type was spiritual death. Spiritual death. You say, spiritual death? What does that mean? That means the spirit of man was separated from the spirit of God and because of that separation, God called it death. Everybody say death. Death has a whole evil family that comes with it. Death has sickness with it. Death has disease with it. Death has poverty with it. Death has oppression with it. Death has lust with it. All of these nasty things that hang out with death, they all just downloaded into the human family. And the, the human family became, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, by nature, children of wrath or children of disobedience. Now, what was unique about death is that God never created man to die. So it took man literally centuries to learn how. 
You say, I wonder why all those people lived all those years. As you study the genealogy of people in the Bible, you say, this person lived 700, this person lived 800. Methuselah lived, what, 900 and, and 969 years. Adam lived 940-something years, I think it was. They, you say, why did God just wanted to repopulate the earth? No, he didn't. Why would he want to repopulate the earth with a fallen race? While those people lived upon the earth, the fallen angels came down, cohabitated with women, started a super race that turned the whole earth into violence and perversion. And God said, I've got to go down and wipe the whole thing out. Amen? The Bible says as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the time of the coming of the man. There's all kinds of violence, all kinds of things going on that are happening right now, just like it was in the days of Noah. It was all spiritually connected. Every bit of it was spiritually connected. Now, we must realize that when we got born again, that element of spiritual death was eradicated. And we became alive in the Spirit. Amen? And that life in the Spirit, now here's the key right here. That life imparted into your spirit needs to grow to the point that it is the dominant force. Not your flesh, not your soul, but your spirit on the inside, the spirit man where God dwells, needs to become the dominant force. That means everything you think comes from the spirit. Everything you do is spiritually motivated. Every thought you think has a spiritual bend to it. Now, if you've noticed, if you've ever tried to live like that for more than two hours at a time, I guarantee you there is a resistance against that. There is an opposition against that. And many times it's not coming from the devil. It's coming from you. It's you oppose yourself. Your flesh opposes the righteousness that is in your spirit. Your mind opposes the righteousness that is in your spirit. But that's why God has given you His Word and His Spirit so that you can rise up and walk in authority over all of that and be free. God has called you. Now listen to me. God has called you, especially in these last of the last days, to live a spiritual life. You're going to have to see things through spiritual eyes. If you do not see things through spiritual eyes, you will be deceived. The Bible says literally that if he didn't come quickly to get his church, that the very elect, that means those that know the most and the most mature, the very elect would be deceived. That means there's going to be a continual trending of what's going on and all of this oppression and all this intimidation and all this domination and all this control and it's going to break over into the supernatural where people are going to begin to show up and literally do signs, wonders, and miracles that will be lying, false signs and wonders in order to draw people's attention and pull them like the Pied Piper of hell into this demonic system that will be a world system for seven years which will bring such destruction on the earth that a third of the people will die you don't want to be here I said you don't want to be here you say well why not well if I just if I miss the rapture I'll, I'll make it through those seven years <laughs> listen if you didn't serve God before the rapture came when there was grace and when there was ability to do it what makes you think you'll serve God once that grace is left you won't do it so now's the time now's the time to serve God now the Bible begins to give us some insight even in the Old Covenant, Proverbs chapter 20. Let's look at this just for a moment. Read this in the King James and the Amplified. Then i got another scripture I'm going to read out of my Passion Bible. It says in verse 27, the spirit of man. Everybody say the spirit of man. Now that's mankind. That's talking about man and woman. Amen. You know, God doesn't differentiate between the spirits on the inside. He said, well, that's a woman's spirit. That's a man's spirit. No, that's not true. We all have a human spirit. Amen? I said we all have a human spirit. So when it talks about man or mankind, it's talking about all of us. You know, let me, let me just say this. There's not but one that liberates. There's not but one that sanctifies or sets apart. You say, what do you mean by that? Everything else will lump you into a group. By your race, by your gender, by your religious persuasion, by your geographical location, you get lumped into the masses. Think about how many masses we're all lumped into. You know, we're, we're lumped into ethnic masses, we're lump, lumped into political mass, and that's all you are is part of the mass. But in the kingdom of God, you are a true, unique individual. 
Only by the Spirit of God and the anointing of God in your life can you see yourself as being separated and segregated from the masses and being a true, unique spirit made in the likeness and image of God. True individuality only comes from Him. You're not getting it anywhere else. Anywhere else, you'll get it from Him. He'll show you that as you are uniquely made, there's nobody else like you. There's nobody has the same fingerprints. And now even they say they do these, uh, where they do your eyes. Nobody has the same prints of their eyes. Everybody is a unique individual. There is things about all of us that make us different from each other. And only God can bring that out and amplify it and cause it to be something beautiful. The world system doesn't want to do that. It wants to lump you into a big old group of people and control you like that. See, God does not want to control you. God wants to set you free. Amen. Amen? So it says the spirit of man or the spirit of mankind is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. Let me read it in the Amplified. It says the spirit of man, that factor in human personality which proceeds immediately from God is the lamp of the Lord searching all his innermost parts. Passion Bible says, this is cool. The Spirit, let me find it here. Writing is so bad. The Spirit God breathed into man is a living light searching into the innermost chambers of our being. Wow. On the inside of this house you live in, there is an unseen being that is the real you. And the fact that it is there is the proof or the proof of the fact that it is there is this. Anybody want to know? You say, what is that? If you can inhale and if you can exhale, that is proof of your spirit man existing on the inside of your human flesh. I've heard this and I've heard many testimonies about how men and women who have been greatly injured, especially with some type of traumatic brain injury, laying in a hospital bed somewhere, un unquote conscious, amen, but people would be in there talking or saying things. That's why you ought to be careful about what you say about people who are in a vegetated state or in a coma. And, and when they would wake up, they could tell people conversations they were saying right there by the bed. You say, why? Because they didn't hear it with their flesh. You'll hear it with their soul. They heard it with their spirit. Amen? As long as that spirit inhabits the body, there's breath in the body. You say, why? Because man breathed into, when he breathed into man, what did he breathe? He breathed the Ruah of God or the Spirit of God. Now the Bible says this, that human spirit that is on the inside of you is what? That is what God enlightens. He does not enlighten your mind. His Word renews your mind. But he enlightens your spirit man. There's a man that came to Lakewood Church years before I went to Bible school there. He was a, he was a sailor. He was in the Navy. He was a, 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 what do you call it? You're a lifer. You're a career, career, a career sailor in the U.S. Navy. And what was amazing about him is he couldn't read. And he was a very mean, he was very, you know, how, how you would be, I guess, if you were, lived all those years on ships and did all that kind of stuff. He went through World War II. Anyway, he got saved. And filled with the Holy Ghost. His wife was a believer. His wife continued to pray for him, continued to pray for him. He got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And supernaturally, just like you snap your fingers, he had instantaneous insight on how to read. Where'd that come from? That come from his spirit man on the inside. Uh, how many have ever heard of Jimmy Swaggart? How many have ever heard of uh, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis? How many have ever heard of Mickey Gilly? Now, they were three young children of three sisters that lived in Faraday, Louisiana. And there was a tent evangelist that was one of Dr. Lester Summerall's relatives that went through there holding a tent meeting. In that tent meeting, she called, I think they were seven, nine, and uh, seven, nine, maybe both, two of them were nine, one of them was seven. She called them up out of the audience, had them put their hands out. She took a vial of oil and poured it across their hands and said to them, God has called you to proclaim the gospel throughout the world. You will sit down at any instrument and have instantaneous insight on how to play that instrument. 
Did you know that's exactly what happened to all three of them? Two of them went to the world. They made their fortune. Their lives were destroyed. And one of them is still in the ministry today. Lee and I were watching him the other night. He sit down and play that piano. He never looks at a sheet of music. He can't read music. He don't, but when he sits down at that piano and starts to play, how is he playing that? He's playing it by a spirit. Supernaturally. Supernaturally. You say why? Because see, the spirit looks for inroads into our soul and into our flesh where God can be glorified. Amen. So the spirit that's on the inside of you is God's light. Now, this is a principle you must understand. When God speaks to you, he speaks to you spiritually. Now, we use certain terms. I wrote some down on this page or another. Yeah, we use certain terms. Out in the world many times, people don't understand the spirit. But they do. They call it, you know, my conscience was bothering me. You ever heard that term? Or, or, I, or I had a hunch. You know, they don't say I had a thought. Why don't they say I had a thought? Because they know it wasn't a thought. It was a what? Something that could not be located up here. It was usually located. I had a gut feeling. You ever heard that term? I just kind of, just even the world recognized there's something else there that is a communication center other than what's up here. Anybody, any of you ever realized that in your own life? There's something down here in your spirit that is the real you that there's another whole communication system down there, amen, that has nothing to do with your head and nothing to do with how you feel. So here in Proverbs it says this spirit of man is what? It is the candle. It is what God uses to enlighten us and the enlightenment of God is God's communication system. Listen. Every bit of information you have ever gotten from God has enlightened you. You say, what does that mean? That means it has given more light to you. So what does light do? Light dispels darkness. Now, real quick, go to, go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you, everybody say me, hath he quickened who were dead and trespasses and sins. Now notice that term. Notice that again. Just because just, what, is, what is the Bible? The Bible is the only spiritual book on the earth. I said that one time years ago in a meeting and somebody came up to me and said, that, that's not true, that's not true. There's the satanic Bible written by... Anton LaVey. I said, that's not a spiritual book. He said, well, how can you say that? I said, because witchcraft is a work of the flesh. Go study Galatians. Witchcraft is a work of the flesh. No, the only spiritual book on planet earth is the Bible. But now it, here it says, and you hath he what quickened, that's the word made alive, who were dead. Well, you weren't living in some mortuary or graveyard. What was dead? Your spirit man was separated from God. You had no light. You had no life. But then you got born again and you were what? Quickened. You were made alive. You were given light and you were given life. You were not given light in your mind. You were not given light in your flesh. You were given light and life in your spirit man. Your spirit man became alive. Now notice this. We're in times past. Now, times past. This is before salvation. You walked according, notice, to the course of the world. Pastor, everything is so crazy right now that's going on. It's the course of the world. Everything that's happened. Don't get caught up in this. Well, this just happened, and this just happened, and this is a coincidence. Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. Ain't no coincidence is happening. It's all interconnected. You say, no, come on, Pastor, the, the COVID thing, that was, a, that was a big mistake that happened over here. And then this political thing, these, these radical groups got to... No, it's all, every bit of it's tied together. Every bit of it's weaved together. Amen? And it's weaved together in what? In a system which is according to the course of the world, according to... Now, notice this, the prince 
of the power of the air, the spirit smallest that now worketh in the children of disobedience. The world has come to the state that it's in because of the disobedience of the children of the world, of this world system. Amen? Amen. I mean, I, I can take apart the two strongest religious doctrines of Christianity in America. You say, what is that? We've done it before. The fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of men. That God is the father of us all. That's not true. God is the creator of us all. He is only the father of those who have been born again. Amen? No, everybody else is a child of disobedience and they're under the sway of the spirit of this world. Now listen, if it was not for the will of man, and the will of man has what? An impression of God in it. I'll show you that in just a minute. Which gives your willpower the ability to say, no, I'm not going to be an axe murderer. I'm not going to be a drug dealer. I'm not, I'm not going to be a, you know, uh, an assassin or some mass murderer. But I'm not going to serve God. We'll look at that in just a minute. But the whole world is under the sway of what? The prince of the power of the air. That's in the spirit realm. That's in the heavenlies. Not in heaven, but the heavenlies. It says, among whom also... We all had our conversation, that's the word lifestyle, in times past, I notice this, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, now notice this, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as a, it's just their nature. Notice what it, the, the two things that dominate. The flesh and the mind. The flesh and the mind. The flesh and the mind. The flesh and the mind, which shows us what? That the nature of this fallen realm finds its expression through the flesh and the mind. You know what man seeks for in this fallen realm more than anything else? Pleasure. Pleasure. Pleasure is one of the greatest commodities there is on the earth. And we think about, you know, drugs and alcohol and sexual perversion, all these things. No, I'm telling you, there's pleasures out there none of us know anything about. Lust for, lust for power, greed for money, wanting to dominate people, wanting to control people. It's evil. I said it's evil. We're in the kingdom of God. What do you do? When it comes to other people, what do you do? You bless them. You don't try to control them. You bless them. You try to empower them. You share your prosperity with them. You know, we've looked over there in, in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, verse 8 where it talks about how you will make your way prosperous. You will have what? Good success. Look at how many people in the world have billions of dollars, but they don't have good success. See, that's the kingdom of God. Good success. Success that does not destroy everybody else to get you there. Success that does not violate the, the standards of the word of God. And success that you're willing to share. I don't want to get off on that. <laughs> now notice this again. Who are by nature children of wrath even as earth. Let me just say this. This might help you. Satan doesn't even want you to know you're a spirit being. That's the last thing he wants you to know. He'll do everything to try to keep you from thinking everything is spiritual. He'll try to get you to think everything's intellectual. Or, or everything exists in the realm of reason. That's what everybody's trying to do is to try. Listen, we need to reason this thing out. We need to reason this COVID thing out. We need to reason this governmental, this election thing out. We need to reason this Democratic thing out. We need to reason this Republican thing out. We need to reason all this stuff out. That, that's literally the world system. That's how it operates. It's through reason. Intellectualism. It needs explanations. It has no room for faith. It has no room for God. No room for God whatsoever. Isn't that amazing? You say, why? Because it's of the fallen nature of our adversary. We'll look at that next week where you'll see where all this originated from. Now, real quick, how's my time? Oh, my goodness. I got a couple of minutes. Go to Romans chapter 1. Go to Romans chapter 1. We're still talking about spiritual things in the spirit realm. Now, Romans chapter 1, I'm going to read it in my Passion Bible. Is that okay? I'll tell you, I'll tell you the scripture ref reference. Chapter 1, verse... Good night, that, that's so small. Let me look here. Romans chapter 1, 
find it here. Romans chapter 1. Let's start in verse, looks like 18 to me. Verse 18. Yeah, verse 18. For God in heaven, now listen to this. This don't get preached on a lot. For God in heaven unveils his holy anger, breaking forth against every form of sin, both toward ungodliness that lives in the hearts of lives in the hearts and evil actions. Now notice, for the wickedness of humanity deliberately smothers the truth and keeps people from acknowledging the truth about God. That's just talking about this world system. This is what is running everything. This is what's running everything. Amen. Every nation, every government upon the earth. Remember that temptation in Mark chapter 4 where, where, where the devil appeared to Jesus and said, Now, all these kingdoms of the world I'll give to you if you'll bow down and worship me. Now, if he did not own or have in his dominion those kingdoms, that would not be a legitimate temptation. But he did at that time. He was trying to show Jesus a way around the cross and the issue was not the kingdoms, the issue was worship. One day we're going to find out how powerful worship is. Amen. So all of these nations, that demonic power has been broken over them, but it stays in place as long as people are willing to let it. Now how do people let it? Through ignorance. Notice the suppression of the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that's taken place since Jesus rose from the dead. It began immediately after the day of Pentecost. The Judaizers beginning to try to mix the law with the purity of the gospel. And religion has raised its ugly head for the last 2,000 years doing everything it can do to suppress the glory of God. Then you have breakout times of enlightenment and refreshment from, refreshing from God. And you're a part of that. Oh, you need to value that. You need to value so much who you are and what you know because it's far beyond any education you've ever had because it is spiritual and ingrained in your heart and the reality of it will keep you protected and blessed in the midst of all this craziness. Now listen to this. In reality, now listen to this. In reality, the truth of God is known instinctively. Did you know men and women... They have to continually suppress the truth of God that is instinctively in them in order for, for, in order for iniquity to gain its preeminence and ascendancy in the life of people. That's what's going on in mass all around the world. Now notice this. In reality, the truth of God is known instinctively for God has embedded this knowledge on the inside of every human heart. If that was not embedded in your heart, you could have never gotten saved. Because when the gospel truly came to you and you heard it with ears of faith, your spirit went, yes! It did. No matter how drunk you were, no matter how many drugs you had done, no matter how much money you had, no matter what was going on in your life, when you truly heard Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God on the inside of you, not your mind, not your flesh. Your spirit said, yes, my God, that's what I need. Amen. That's how you got saved because it was embedded in your heart. That's where it was. I noticed this. Opposition to truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance because from the creation of the world, now listen, the invisible, the invisible, the invisible qualities of God's nature had been made visible. That means you can't walk out the door and open your eyes without seeing God. Amen? Everything testifies of His glory. The stars in the sky, the sun that comes up in the east, the seasons as they change, seed time and harvest, men being born on the earth, living their life, and then going on to their rewards. All of that that God has put into operation in the earth that has not been usurped by the devil is a testimony to His existence and His reality. It is literally God bursting into the sensual realm and saying, Here I am! You ain't got no excuse. Amen? 
such as his eternal power and transcendence. He has made his wonderful attributes easily perceived. For seeing the visible makes us understand the invisible. So then leaves, this leaves everyone without excuse. People say, well, I don't know if there's a spirit realm or not. Yes, you do. You instinctively know it. Amen? Now notice. Throughout human history, the fingerprints of God were upon them. Yet they refused to honor Him as God or even be thankful for His kindness. They, they, they entertained corrupt and foolish thoughts. Now there's your key right there. Wise man in such trouble. He has entertained corrupt and foolish thoughts about God. Foolish thoughts about what God was like. This left them with nothing but misguided hearts steeped in moral darkness. Although claiming to be wise, they were in fact shallow fools. Now you listen. Now let me, let me warn you real quick. That's why you do not need to be exposing yourself to a lot of things that are going on on the news, on TV and stuff like that. You say, why? You will get cynical real quick. Amen? Because the leadership of the world system who are in human form are shallow fools. Planning the destruction of the human family, not even knowing what they're doing. Deceived by a dark spirit that's gotten a hold of their minds and flesh. And the whole time God's wanting to do what? Wanting to enlighten them. This left them with nothing but misguided hearts steeped in moral darkness. Although claiming to be wise, they were in fact shallow fools. For only a fool would trade the unfading splendor of the immortal God to worship, to worship the fading image of other humans or idols made to look like people or animals, birds, and even creeping reptiles. Wow. This is why God lifted off His restraining hand and let them have full expression of their sinful and shameful desires. Why is people, why do people call good bad now? Dark light, evil good, good evil. It's right here in the Bible, right here in the Word of God. They were given over to moral depravity, dishonoring their bodies by sexual perversion among themselves. Listen, the moral compass of the world has been removed. Everything is amoral now, church. Everything from same sex to we don't even know what sex we are to children to everything else out there that men would defile themselves with is now celebrated, legal, and accepted. Except one place in the Word of God who defines what it is. This, this, this one ch- I wanted to read this chapter and, and expound on it as we study the spirit of man because the origin of it, the expression of it comes from the darkness that's in the spirit of man. Because they've not been enlightened by the Word of God. But there is a time quickly coming in which you better mark this out of your Bible. Because to say it would probably cause you to lose your freedom. I'm telling you, we're there. We're there. I said we're there. Now notice what it says. By sexual perversion among themselves, all because they traded the truth of God for a lie. They worshipped and served the things God made rather than the God who made the things. Glory and praise to Him forever. Now notice. For this reason God gave them over to their own disgraceful and vile passions. Inflamed with lust one for another. Men and women ignored the natural order and exchanged normal sexual relations for homosexuality. Women engaged in lesbian conduct. Men committed shameful acts with men, receiving in themselves the due penalty for, for their deviation. Back up to verse 18. For God in heaven unveils His holy anger, breaking forth against every form of sin, both toward ungodliness that lives in the hearts and evil actions. 
You say, what does that mean? You don't get away with it, church. You don't get away with it. But listen, that is where the enemy has been a master at perverting the gospel. The gospel, religion will present, you can't do this, you can't be that, you can't do this, you can't be that, you can't do this, you can't be that. And based in what you want to do and what you want to be and what you want to become is all the evil desires of the human heart. So what God says, it's really not relevant to all of these things. All of these things are just a symptom of a greater issue. Your spirit man being separated from God, you're given over to the only thing left, the lust of your flesh and the lust of your mind. No wonder you ended up depraved. And man's expression of continuing life beyond himself is sexuality. That's where children come from. Amen? That's why the enemy tries to distort it. He don't want anybody else coming on this planet that may figure out that they're a new creature and more than a conqueror. Now let me close with this. Oh man, my time's up. Is anybody learning something? And because they thought it was worthless to embrace the true knowledge of God, God gave them over to a worthless mindset to break all rules of proper conduct. Their sinful lives became full of every kind of evil, wicked schemes, greed, and cruelty. Their hearts overflowed with jealous cravings and with conflict and strife which drove them into heated arguments and murder. They are deceitful liars, full of hostility. They are gossips who love to spread malicious slander. With inflated egos they hurl hateful insults at God, yet they are nothing more than arrogant boasters. Now, here's the thing, church. In the midst of that, we are called to love. We are called to love, to evangelize, amen, to bless, to help, to not get cynical, to not harden our hearts toward them, whoever them may be that's doing whatever them does. Well, pastor, they're destroying the nation and, 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 and they're destroying the church and, and they're destroying it. still does not matter. It has not changed the dispensation of mercy and grace that we live in. There have been people that this entire chapter have described and with one word of the gospel and one drop of the blood of Jesus, that spirit man came alive on the inside and everything in their life was made brand new. As such were some of us. So this shows us very plainly there is a great difference in the two families that exist upon the earth. The human family which we all are born into that comes through the water of the womb of the woman. The first prerequisite for salvation. Does anybody know people say, well, that you, that you realize you're a sinner, that you realize... No, the first prerequisite for salvation is that you be a human being. The Bible says you have to be born of water. That's not baptismal water. That's the water of the womb of the woman. Then you have to be born of the Spirit. Being born of water puts you in the human family. Being born of the Spirit puts you in God's family. And it's just as much of a birth as your first birth was. It is a new life. You are a new creature. And God wants to empower your spirit so that everything else that's going on around you, you still from the inside out have the preeminence. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Lift your hands and worship God. Father, thank you so much for your word. Let us become spiritually aware and sensitive, not just to the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Spirit of God, that you abide on the inside and empower on the outside. Not just to the Word of God. Thank you, Father, for your word. It is our greatest, most valuable asset. But Father, that we wake up to our own human spirit where you communicate to us, where you speak to us, you, you, you said that our spirit is your candle. It is your light that you go in and you examine all the chambers of our heart. Lord, any darkness, shine your light upon. 
any, any inhibition spiritually that we have, shine your light upon. Lord, any pain and hurt from the past, shine your light upon. Lord, anything we hold on to in our soul that our spirit man has not grown to the strength to eradicate it out of our soul, let the light come on in our spirit man. Let us see ourselves as you see us. Let us flow in the authority that you've given us. Let us love this wicked and unre unregenerate generation in which we're living. The most wretched generation upon the earth that desires things that God would never approve of. Let us be a witness unto them in such a strong measure that even the strongest, most demon-possessed individual cannot resist the light and the life that is in us. Let us become spiritually enlightened like no other generation. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Now, fathers, we leave tonight spiritually from your word. We stand. Declaring no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We stand recognizing and realizing that in the spirit realm we have authority. We walk on serpents, scorpions over all power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm us. So Lord, as we live out the rest of the week in our travels on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation, in the righteous labor of our hand as we handle the resource you've given us, we declare your protection and safety over trauma, over terror, over accidents, over corona, over the flu, over colds and allergies, over anything the enemy tries to oppress God's people with. We stand in resistance to it in Jesus' name. The fire of evangelism burn in our heart. Let us realize and recognize the darkness that so many are in, the fear that is encompassing them. Lord, you said that men's hearts would fail them for fear of that which is coming upon the earth. We know that's happening right now. Right now. It's not coming, it's here. But Father, let our faith-filled words, let our spirit life-filled lives inspire and be a sign pointing the right direction that causes people to come to Jesus. Let us be an answer to their prayers, a problem to the adversary, and a miracle in their lives. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in love and faith towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you called us to be. Thanking you, Lord. Here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, guarded by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.